Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in. It's been a month since we've had actual UFC action, but the Octagon returns tonight. UFC Vegas 46, and we're going to break it down from head to toe with producer Jake Galley and Brendan Tobin in Miami, Sean Levine in Kansas City. Appreciate you joining in. Tapped out right here on the BetQL Network. Coming up in about, let's call it 30, 45 minutes. Don't want to tell you exactly when it is because I don't want you to go anywhere. We're going to bring on the co-host of On the Line from Fight Pass, and he's also the risk supervisor at Circa Sports. He is Nick Kalikas. He's going to join us. We're going to talk betting and UFC and the odds coming up with him later on in the show. But let's go ahead and weigh in on the main fight tonight in the featherweight division. You got Calvin Cater getting plus money, friend of the show, came on, joined BT and I last week at a plus 198, taking on Giga Chikatse at a minus 240. As soon as I saw this one, Brendan, I thought it was a pretty even money fight. And you can get two to one on Calvin Cater. He's got the higher number next to him. He's number five versus number eight. What gives? Uh, well, he's coming off a loss. I think that's a, that's that's one of the things. Giga's on a on a crazy win streak, and so I think that's probably where people lean on it. You know, he's kind of the hot prospect coming into this, and and Calvin was just through that war with Max Holloway over a year ago, where you know he took more strikes than anybody had in a fight. So I'm sure there are some people a little bit worried about that. Is he a, a little bit weathered from that fight? So I, I would guess that's probably why we have the odds they are. But I'm with you. I think it's I think it's a good value right now for Calvin Cater. The UFC is definitely behind Giga Chikatse. He's coming off a couple of highlight reel wins, getting bonuses in his last couple of fights. But you mentioned that Cater fight that he's coming off of versus Max Holloway. Would you be hesitant to bet him because of the fact that he took more significant strikes than anybody ever has in the history of the promotion? Um, it, it's it's funny. Like I can see the argument for both, uh, but I would say I yeah, he did I, stay in there with Max Holloway. Like so I, that deserves I, a little bit of credit too. I think that does deserve a lot of credit. So, like, this is the thing that you have to be worried about is that Giga's going to hit that crazy Giga kick and that he's, you know, that's going to be the one that actually puts Calvin Cater out. But, man, Calvin Cater took some crazy, crazy shots in that fight against Max Holloway. Like, the dude was a, an absolute piece of iron going through that fight. So, you have to just, you, you go in there and you're like, man, do I really feel like Giga, who hasn't have the resume of Max Holloway, can he really put this guy away? But look, it doesn't, you know, that doesn't always necessarily equate. Maybe, you know, Calvin's a little bit older now. Maybe he did take a lot of significant damage of that. Maybe he doesn't have the same durability, but I'm not ready to question him yet. I feel like that's, maybe that's, maybe we're going to be sitting here next week and Giga did some highlight reel knockout on him. And then I'm sure all the questions will start coming with Calvin Cater. But I don't think that just because, you know, he has one of those performances, I think it speaks more to his toughness than it does. Hey, he's going to come into this thing a little bit of a, a little bit too broken in. That's all you hear about now is the damn Giga Kick. The Giga Kick, of course. Oh, you the bring Giga, up the they Giga love the Giga Kick. It's, it's a cool it's, name. It's objectively, it's a cool name. It sounds like a it sounds like a Pokemon move. Very cool name. Very Pokemon move ish. But is he a one trick pony? Can he do other things than this Giga Kick that I keep hearing about? He's super. I mean, he's got he's got a, a, a ton of tricks in his bag, man. Like he's very versatile with all of his striking. I think the thing that's interesting is people want to know, and and he's even alluded to this this week. He's like. 
we'll see if Calvin Cater really wants to stand with me. And I think that that's an interesting mind game to play with Calvin because we know we heard him last week. This dude is a real one. He's as tough as they come. So like he obviously Giga wants this fight to be on the feet. Calvin is naturally a guy who wants the fight to be on the feet, but will he try and mix it up a little bit more? Will he bring it to the ground? Will he try and diversify a little bit more? It's probably the smarter route. It's probably something that, you know, maybe would, uh, would, would, would benefit him in a fight like this. But again, like we're talking about a guy who stood up there like a zombie taking shot after shot from Max Holloway and still swinging. So I don't know if I would be convinced that Calvin Cater is going to go to the route, but Giga's Giga's telling the media he thinks he is. He's going to turn him into a grappler tonight. That's what he said. I think I know how this one's going to finish, but I'm not going to tell you right now. I'll tell you when we give you our best bets coming up later on in the show. Let's move our way down the card. The heavyweights go at it. Jake Collier's taking on Chase Sherman. I was thinking, you know what? Feels like these guys like haven't been winning a lot. And then I looked. Chase Sherman, bro, one in five in his last six fights. I love me some vanilla gorilla, but you got to win, man. The case of Jake Collier, one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Won his first fight, then lost, then won, then lost, then won. Now he's coming off of a loss, which I guess means that Jake Collier coming into this fight as the minus 136 is going to win tonight, BT. Is that a good way of thinking? Yeah, he's as even as he gets. It's funny, like three and three over uh, his last fight since uh, since 2016. One TKO, two decisions, both ways. Like, you really don't know what you're going to get from him. Uh, and it's kind of like the, it, it's, it's an interesting crossroads fight for both of them because they're kind of two journeyman heavyweights. They both... I think are entertaining fighters. They want to stick around. They want to make a name for himself. So that's, that's the intrigue of this is like, okay, is somebody going to come out and try and make a statement? Is somebody going to try and drag this out a little bit more? You would say if somebody's going to get a finish, I would probably lean chase Sherman is, is a guy who's more likely to go that way more than Collier. A guy used to be a former middleweight. So he's coming up, you know, not coming up now, but like he is, you know, made the, the transition to heavyweight over his career. Uh, whereas chase Sherman is kind of that, He's a heavyweight, but he's a little bit more of an athletic heavyweight. He does move around a little bit more, um, but it's, it's it's a wild card fight because they're not exactly like you don't you don't very have a, a very consistent resume from both of these guys. Like you said, they're very up and down in their careers. I just can't put my money against a guy called the Vanilla Gorilla. Let's move name. from the big guys onto the flyweights where Brandon Royval takes center stage against Hogerio Bandoran at a plus 142. You can get Royval at a minus 168. I was looking at Royval because I was thinking some guys just get thrown right in the fire and have to fight the toughest dudes. Two out of his last three fights, he's fought guys called Kaikar Franz. You've probably heard of him. And Brandon Moreno, this guy that's got the belt wrapped around him. It, it, I'm a big Brandon Royval fan. I remember when he threw down with Moreno, like that fight was so back and forth that I like him at a minus 168. Now, of course, you can get the plus money if you want to take Torn, but I feel pretty good about Royval tonight. Yeah, I mean, like this is like you said, he's he's been in there with the best of the best. And this flyweight division, I mean, we talked a little bit about this in previous shows. Like it does feel like it's had a, a really, really good resurgence. There's a oh, lot yeah. of good talent there. And Royval is, uh, is definitely fascinating. The other thing about it is he's really talked about how much healthier he feels going into this fight. He'll tell you in that Brandon Moreno fight wasn't hundred percent had the shoulder injury. So maybe we see a better version of him tonight. Um, but with Origo, you know, such a dangerous submission artist, man, like this guy, he goes and, and he, and he puts people to sleep. That's what he does. That's how he goes and he gets it. And, you know, Royval lost his last five via submission. So he's going to have to make some adjustments and not get caught again. Speaking of the flyways, the ladies go at it tonight. Caitlin Chokagian taking on Jennifer Maya, of course. This will be 
technically the second time that they've gone at it. You can get Maya tonight, BT, at plus money, 164. Caitlin coming in at a minus 196. The first time around, correct me if I'm wrong, Maya ended up winning by decision, which is why when I look at the numbers, I'm a little bit surprised that she comes in. Now, she does come in ranked number four. Uh, Chukagian comes in ranked number two. This seems like a pretty even fight to me, but you're going to have to pay the money if you want to take Caitlin. Yeah, well, no, Chukagian got the uh, got the nod the last time around, but it was uh, – okay. It was a, but it, listen, it's, did it go it, to the cards? It did. Yeah, no, it went to okay. the, it did go okay. to the decision, but it was, uh, you know, you have the two ladies here. Listen, they both had the honor of losing to Valentina Shevchenko. So they've had their crack at the top. Uh, Jakagan's talked this week about the idea of, you know, I know a lot of people don't want to see me in a title fight again. You know, it's one of these things where I think she probably feels like she has to do something fantastic. Another thing is that's not really how she fights. Like she is a point fighter. She goes out there. She takes the card. Never had a finish. She goes out there. And she, if, if she's going to win, she's going to win by the cards. And that's why you see the, uh, the, the odds lean that way. She's minus 125 by decision on top of just being a favorite in the fight. People think she's going to, if she's going to win, she's going to do going to the judges. Uh, you know, Maya, I think probably showed a little bit more against Shevchenko and, and, you know, has, I think, uh, maybe, uh, has that killer instinct a little bit more. So, you know, that, that, that fight was a while ago. We're talking, you know, two and a half years ago, the last time they fought people it was on the improve. BMF card, wasn't it? I think you're right on that. Yeah, I think well, it was. Well, then cut me a little bit of slack for not remembering because I was tipping back a couple of high Cs that no night, No one is friend, judging so. you, man. It's it all easy. right to forget a result every now and then. There's a lot of fights out there. But the point being is, um, listen, it's it was still a long time ago, so I don't know how much stock you want to put back uh, on that matchup because, you know, we've had a lot of time pass since then, and now they're getting back at it. The thing about uh, Chokagian is that you mentioned uh, fighting Valentina. She's also fought Andrade, right? Yeah. She fought uh, Jessica I. She fought Liz Carmouche. I believe they all beat her is the problem. So that's the issue is it feels like she's good, but is she good enough as far as winning a title? She feels like she's kind of the next best thing. I agree. Yeah, I would say that's a fair assessment of where she's at. Um, and and I don't know. Again, she's she's going to have to, I think, probably get out of her comfort zone. It depends what she wants. Like, does she just, if she goes out there and she's just looking to win like she typically does, there's nothing wrong with that. She's a professional fighter. Go get your wins. But if she has these aspirations of, hey, you know, having this kind of self-defeating thing of nobody wants to see me in the title picture, well, she may have to do something a little extraordinary if she wants to get back in those talks again. Because, look, you know, Valentina's the queen. Like, nobody's nobody's touching her right now. Hey, man, speaking of the title picture, it's starting to clear up as far as who is Usman's next opponent going to be. I think we finally have it figured out, and it looks like it's going to be Leon Edwards. You want to talk about a guy that gets screwed? You want to talk about a guy that always has that cloud reigning over him but finally deserves the shot? I hope this goes down for him because there's nobody more deserving. You can say what you want about Leon, that he's not as exciting or that other guys would sell more. I'm not going to argue on that. But if you want to talk about a guy that deserves it, this is Leon Edwards' fight. Yeah, I, look, he, in a lot of ways, I think has to feel, uh, maybe give a little bit of a nod to Jorge Masvidal for pulling out of their fight because, you know, Masvidal, I think that is a tough matchup for him and it's a good striking matchup for him. Um, so in a way, that kind of lucked out for him because the Masvidal fight fell apart. We know uh, we got the news this week that Masvidal and Kobe Covington is going to happen. Super excited about that. So Leon kind of falls to the next to, to an even better spot, which is I'm going to be fighting for the championship. And I get my I finally get my rematch against Kamaru Usman. So, yeah, I mean, this is a uh, this is this is finally, like you said, a, a stroke of good luck for uh, for Rocky as he uh, as he gets to, to get a crack at gold. But not, not an easy task, man.
Speaking of that Masvidal Covington fight, the first numbers are out. Masvidal, check this out, BT. Plus 265 for Street Jesus. You can get Colby Covington at minus 330. I think that Colby is one of the best fighters in the world. I think that you could argue, and we're going to talk about this later on in the show, that he's a top 7 to 10 fighter when it comes to pound for pound, but he's got Kamaru Usman in the way. I think that the reason that Masvidal is such a big favorite in this fight, I should say underdog in this fight, is because Vegas wants people to put their money down on him. It feels like to me that 80% of the early money is going to be put on Masvidal, and then that's going to sway the odds the way that the, the line wants it to be. Yeah, I was thinking, dude, like if this was, you know, it reminds me back like when you, you go to Vegas for a McGregor fight, how many Irish fans, you know, we had sports betting taken away here in Florida. It was here for like a, just a, a hot minute. And I was thinking like, man, if they would have put this fight down here, you know, for real, all of the all of the Miami community coming in, just throwing in the money on Jorge Masvidal, what that would have been like. But yeah, I, I think that Colby is a very good fighter. People are annoyed by him. He is he is there to troll people. That's kind of the thing. He gets people to hate him. He does the Kurt Angle. You suck. Everybody is is is, is getting into this thing. That's the whole point. That's what he wants. He's been very open and honest about that. But this is a fascinating thing. You have two guys who once were roommates, teammates. Uh, Colby Covington was basically an American top team when he was a kid. Kicked out. They went with the, the star power of, of Jorge Masvidal. He went down to MMA Masters down here in Miami to train. And, you know, he's not better than Kamaru Usman. We can say that about Colby Covington, but nobody is right now. He's the number one pound-for-pound fighter on the planet. Um, but this is a fascinating matchup because you have two guys who know each other so well, personally, professionally, what their skill sets are. I think with the question of Masvidal is, you know, he has had this incredible resurgence of his career where he got to the title finally after all these fights. But we saw how the way his last fight ended after never getting knocked out, and he got knocked out like that. What is this guy going to be like the next time that he's in the cage? I think it's a fair question to, to wonder, and I love me some Jorge Masvidal. I'm a, a, as big a, a, a Masvidal homer as it gets. 305, you guys know this. But I think it is a fair question to ask is what kind of version of, of, of game bread are we going to get in this fight? For those that are watching us on the uh, twitch.com backslash betql, over my left shoulder, you can see a canvas of Jorge Masvidal. I love him as much as you do, but I can tell you what's going to happen. Colby's going to dust him. That's why the odds are like this. I'm telling you, BT, Colby's going to dust him. Tell me I'm wrong. When you say dust him, you think he's going to go to like a, like a lopsided decision, though, right? Like it's going to be a lot like Camaro versus it's gonna uh, be like Masvidal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not going to exactly. – you don't think he's going to finish him? I do. I do. I think – Really? I think, look, now that – yeah, now now that once you get knocked I'm out, I'm not gonna go and, that far. Once once you get knocked out and you break that seal, then that aura is gone. And now that we've seen Masvidal go to sleep in that kind of fashion against Usman, could it happen again? Will it likely happen again? My answer is yes against Colby Covington. I think it will. Thing that's interesting about it though is we have seen, you know, is that Jorge has had a couple of tough fights, obviously against Kamar Usman. Kamar's making a lot of people look bad like that, but you know, is there a place? Is there a time in this fight where? Colby tries to go in, change levels, and Masvidal can hit him with one of those flying knees or one of those maneuvers. Like, he's got a lot of bags in his trick. Like, it's it's one of these things. And, and the idea of, man, if Colby finishing him, I don't know, man. I'm not ready to go that far. But we have plenty of time to talk about that fight. Colby's now boys, of course, with Dana White. You know who's not boys with Dana White is uh, Henry Cejudo. Real quick, what do you think about that whole thing going on? Oh, just Dana just makes stuff up as he goes. Like, you know, he it's weird <laughs> how he like decides, oh, this guy gets a shot. This guy doesn't get a shot. He just makes it up willy nilly. It's it's very, very strange. I'm Team Cejudo on this one. 
Cejudo, one of the best wrestlers of all time. Speaking of that trait, wrestling, coming up on the other side, we're going to build the ultimate fighter. We're going to take the best wrestler. We're going to take the best striker, the best elbows, the best kicks, the best knees. You know how it works. And then we're going to tell you who's the ultimate fighter. You're locked in to the BetQL Network.